Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. Here together this evening, you can feel however it feels in your body. Whatever feels predominant in your contact with the ground or chair, cushion. Might be a feeling of your belly being full or the temperature of the air. It could be a feeling of feeling good somewhere in your body, a sense of pleasant or some sense of tension or strain somewhere as well. You can feel yourself take a breath and notice as you do how the experience changes in your body, expanding, feeling filled with air, and then of contracting and exhaling. notice what the state of mind is at the moment. How is the mind and the heart? Is there any particular emotion that's here right now? Or mood or mind state? Is there a strong sense of happiness or sadness, excitement or anger? Or something more subtle like irritation, slight sense of anxiety, a sense of calm or boredom. So you can notice what that feels like in the moment, in your belly, in your heart. Just coming into intimate contact with that. So knowing that through direct experience. If you ask yourself the question, how are you? Know this with your awareness. Feeling the spaciousness or contraction in the heart, the restless energy or quiet energy.
and what's going on in the sense door of the mind. Are there any thoughts or images, memories, plans, fleeting as they are? Is there anything that seems to have possessed you, compelling? Or just fleeting thoughts flitting here and there? Or the mind being quiet? can open up to the sense of hearing. Notice whatever sounds there are that come and go. Some that might be soft in the background and some that might be very sharp and loud and sudden. We've been spending the day together in silent practice. You can remember back to the morning, the cool temperature, the light being different. Maybe your body feeling different that time. the different thoughts and feelings that have gone through your heart and mind since that time. All the different body sensations you've had in that time.
of hunger, of heat, of cold, of pressure, of tension, of vibration. Everything we've experienced through all of our sense doors have been changing. Constant flow of experience that we don't necessarily notice in this way until we start to pay attention. So in our practice, we slow down we settle down. We allow ourselves to tune in with some clarity to sense experience, to actually feel sensations that we usually ignore and don't attend to. To allow ourselves to feel the richness of experiences of all sorts, whether they are pleasant or unpleasant, whether they're in the body, through touch, taste, sight, sound. We're developing a stability of heart and mind as we pay attention to be present with all different things that show up, all different visitors, temporary visitors in our awareness. Our practice is leading us is to become grounded in a sense of well-being, a sense of contentedness that's beyond all of these changing circumstances. A possibility of freedom that's not dependent on the weather or how people treat us or how our physical body feels, or what our job is, or how much money we have, or who likes us or doesn't like us. A sense of dignity and access to a great, great love, open-heartedness that's there for all of us, that's our birthright. When the Buddha was on his quest for awakening, for understanding suffering, the end of suffering, he took his seat under the Bodhi tree. 
He took a seat in nature. And as he sat and tried to be present, he was assailed by the armies of Mara, it said. Mara is like the tempter, the trickster. So Mara first assailed the Buddha with all these armies of things that he could desire, beautiful things he could have if he just went back to his palace. Music, food, sex, sights, sounds. But he'd already tried all that. He knew that stuff wasn't going to last. It wasn't going to do it. So he sat steady. He wasn't knocked off his seat by that army. And then the next army came, things that were fearsome, terrifying, horrific images to scare him off from his quest for freedom. And he was able to stay steady through that. And the last army, the last thing that Mara had to send was army of doubt. Who do you think you are to be on this quest? Who are you to be awakened, to seek this freedom? Many of us know this sense of doubt coming from inside and also coming from outside. So we get this as people of color, a lot of doubt, and who do you think you are? Or some story being projected on us of who we are. That's not actually true. So in this moment, the Buddha touched the ground. The earth itself bears witness to my right to be here. The earth itself fortifies me. I'm part of nature in this way. And in this moment, the doubt was dispelled. And he attained this freedom of heart and mind. So as we sit here, you can notice what are the things that are knocking you off your seat? Sometimes it's physical pain. Sometimes it's a story that comes through that's questioning who we are. Sometimes it's strong emotion. You can be interested in this. What are the things that knock us off our seat? How can we take our seat with dignity? with steadiness, the groundedness? How can we develop our connection to that sense of well-being that's beyond any external circumstance?
as we live our simple life here on retreat, we have the opportunity to sink more deeply into very basic things, feeling what it feels like to wash your hands at the sink, feeling like what it feels like to put on your shoes, feeling the sunlight on your skin, We can develop a greater continuity of presence, little by little. And as we develop this continuity, what's revealed to us is ways in which we misperceive the world. ways in which we perceive the world to be solid, where it's actually porous and changing. Ways that we get faked out by visions and fleeting ideas and stories. ways in which we misperceive (coughs) ourselves. So the mind is a good place to look for this. There's a story of someone who goes to a cave and paints a picture of a tiger and then looks at the tiger picture and says, ah, tiger, and runs out of the cave screaming. (coughs) So what happened in that case? (laughs) Like, where was the tiger? The person made it up, and they forgot they made it up, and then were scared by it. So notice how often this happens in the mind sitting here, minding your own business, breathing, and suddenly there's a visit of some image, story, memory in the mind. And when we don't see it as a passing thought, as just something projected onto a screen, we react much as the person did to the tiger. We get knocked around by this story in different ways. So as you start to see this more and more, it's actually revealing ways in which our minds are not yet free. So this reveals ways in which we are in bondage to delusion. And it's good to be very humbled by this the ways in which the mind is not yet free. Also good is notice to moments in which the mind is free. So notice the times in which you are steady. The mind is able to see clearly, whatever that is. Feeling step, feeling a breath. Just clear, just this. Not swept away 
So a particularly helpful place to notice is the way in which we tell ourselves stories. And these stories are primarily stories about ourselves. Notice in the thoughts that come through your mind, how many of them include you as the star player? Whether they're good or bad. Sometimes there can be a period of quiet and then suddenly a moment of slight fear and the mind starts telling stories again to prove to yourself that you exist. You're getting lost in the silence. So this uh, construction of self that happens the stories themselves are often contradictory. Some of the stories make you really good and some of the stories make you really bad. Some of the stories make you really smart and some of them make you really not smart. So but notice how if we believe them, we get knocked around all these different ways. There's a lot of suffering involved in that. We don't need to squash these, but just get interested and see through them in some way. See through the way in which the mind habitually creates this idea of myself, which upon investigation is pretty flimsy, falls apart. The stories are also being made up about other people, too. Notice if there are stories about any of the people you see who you don't know at all. A strong projection of the mind. It can be imagining people to be really great or imagining people to be really terrible. The mind creates its overlay of story of those who we love and those who are our enemy. And replaces it on any group of humans that we encounter. So there are many different markers of identity that we have, which are relatively true around our age, around our ethnicity, around our idea of gender, 
where we live, where we're from, what we do. All of these are temporary and ideas, but we can hold them a little bit more lightly when we see them as just projections in the mind. particularly when we can see the ways in which they create suffering or support suffering through comparing mind, through putting ourselves up and down. Through creating friends and enemies even before we know someone. So we all are here as the result of all kinds of conditions of our life. The conditions of genetics, conditions of the environment, conditions of those who supported us and loved us, fed us and taught us all of our lives. So family members and strangers, teachers we've had with that name, those who have inspired us, who we don't know and have never met. We have some idea that we're separate that we're moving around in the world, having to fight for ourselves. And actually, we're so connected. We're so dependent on so many people and so many conditions for our life, including the water, the air, the earth. Sometimes in the middle of a retreat, it can feel a little bit alone in your struggle and your suffering. It's helpful to remember that we're doing this together.
And remember those who have supported you in coming to this place. So a reflection we can do even with the meals that we eat here is remembering all the efforts it takes for that meal to come to us. So all the backbreaking human labor of picking food, transporting it, cooking it, delivering it. All the conditions of the land for the food to grow. And then it shows up in form of soup and salad and crumbles and nourishes us. Our body is made three-quarter of water. And after a couple of days, we're about 50% all the same made of this water from Spirit Rock. As the days go on, it becomes even more. And we could go back and reflect every meal that we've had, all the labor that went into each of those meals. Back on this retreat, and then back before you got here. Even back through the years of your life, all the way back to your childhood. millions and millions of people, animals, beings, environmental conditions, all conspiring for you to be here. For you to be healthy and safe and well. And remember any friends that you have or teachers who've supported you in your learning, both learning and spiritual path or learning education to read, those who taught you to tie your shoes, those who've taught you a craft or an art, those who've taught you the Dhamma. So again, we're all part of this web of connection. None of us is here on our own. But we can forget this very easily. And here for this time, we're part of a community, a beautiful community of people of color practicing together. Beware once again your thoughts that might tell you that you're doing well or not doing well, 
us judging your meditation or practice. We're all planting seeds and developing the heart and mind in ways that we are even unable to perceive in this moment. We're gardening in the field of love and wisdom. Each moment, no matter how it feels, All over the world today, people are doing all different things. Sleeping and waking up, fighting, working, cooking, driving, dying, giving birth, washing themselves. Human beings find themselves in all different circumstances. Countries where there's war, countries where there's peace. Circumstances of health. Or finding themselves unwell. just as our lives have been touched by so many others in being here. Also the practice that we do here, the impact it has on our heart and mind will ripple out for the rest of our lives. And even beyond that, through all those who our lives touch. can feel our body here again. Knowing that this is a radical act of embodiment for us as people of color. Bringing our sense of presence which brings a dignity and love for ourselves, for our people. Feeling this breath, which is the thread that's run throughout our lives from the moment of our birth.
and breath that we share with everyone here in this tank of air and even with all the trees and plants and deer and turkeys and lizards. way of thinking about our practice is developing greater and greater alignment with the truth of the way things are, which includes finding our place in nature, and recognizing our connection to all living beings and things. Stepping out of the story of separateness, of struggle, of me as an individual. And feeling our lives as part of this greater web in which we are influenced by and influence a myriad of others. So in expanding our ability to be with the joys and sorrows, the suffering of this body, this mind, we also expand our ability to be there for all others that we meet. We can hold ourselves with compassion. May we all be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all know the well-being that's beyond changing circumstance. May we all see through delusion and align with the truth of the Dhamma. May we all grow in wisdom and in love.
So we have one more period of uh, walking practice for the evening. And I feel like you can tune into feeling that sense of your connection with the ground. You know, this groundedness, uh, like the Buddha touching the earth. For me, it's been a continued source of support to remember that, particularly in times of difficulty, that in some ways the earth is supporting me and I can allow the earth to help hold whatever it is that's difficult, a pain, <sighs> suffering. Uh, you can even feel sort of energetically like allowing the earth to hold it, allowing yourself to give it to the earth, let the earth support you in that way. And if sometimes it feels like the two feet are not enough for the earth to receive it, you can stretch all the way out. Like, <laughs> let it drain from every pore into the earth. Let the earth fully support you in this way. But yeah, this is also our birthright, our connection. To this story of the Buddha is the story of ourselves and finding this freedom beyond all changing circumstance. It's a good evening for uh, walking. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.